Hi, and welcome to the Feminization Boudoir Podcast from Candy Apple Press. I'm your host, Kylie Gable, and this episode is a little bit jumbled. Um, I had originally planned to have um, Shayla Aspasia doing her reading of one of my earliest stories um, called Reprogrammed, and she ran into a couple of other difficulties this week, which have taken her away from recording, and so... That's going to be next week's show. This week, I have uh, three short ones. I ha- I'm going to start off with What the Maid Saw by Mistress DJ. That's been up on my Clips for Sale store for maybe two months now, but I haven't played it on here. And then a little bit more from an older audio. Um, Misconstrued did an amazing job with um, a story called Feminized by Lady Luck. It's... Uh, always got a lot of downloads and in my store it's always sold a lot of clips and um, I've got a nice little extra section that you didn't hear when I first played this back in August and then finally we'll we'll end with The Bell of the Ball by Diane Calloway I played this once before but sometimes it's kind of hard to find the old clips so this one's a nice little short one that I think kind of gets right to the right to the exciting parts so that is our show today. Um, I'm going to start us off with What the Maid Saw by Mistress DJ. The Maid. The Maid was written by Kylie Gable and published by Candy Apple Press. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved. I have an interesting job. I'm a maid. Now, if you have the idea that I'm wearing a fancy uniform and serving a wealthy family, that's way off. For between $50 and $80 a week, I'll show up in jeans and a t-shirt and make life a little less disgusting for single people and a little less active for families. For a job that doesn't require a college degree, I get a lot of respect from my clients. I think it's because they're terrified of having to do what I do for them, and most of them probably couldn't. When you do what I do, you learn a lot about the people who hire you. I'm the one that finds that earring rolled under the bed when a husband brought his co-worker home for a quick lunch hour fling. I'm the one who sees that final notice tucked away in a book so a spouse doesn't worry. Those are the sort of secrets I don't like to know about. But then there's the kind I absolutely love. You know, the kinky shit. One of my clients is a 32-year-old single man named Dave. I don't know what he does. But he makes a lot of money at it, and he describes himself as an entrepreneur. I'm also pretty sure he's a total sissy cross-dresser. He certainly has the body for it and the type of soft, baby-faced features that almost seem wasted on a man. I think the first thing that alerted me to Dave's hobby was when I was cleaning his bathroom a few months ago. I noticed a woman's razor on the bathtub. It was hidden by the shower curtain. I don't think he noticed it there. Looking closer... The razor had been well used, and the hair on the razor seemed to match his own strawberry blonde color. A few weeks later, I noticed the mail. There was a Victoria's Secret catalog and a copy of Cosmo that were both addressed to Tiffany Andrews. Now, that's Dave's last name, but he told me he had no sisters, and besides, his family lived on the West Coast. A month goes by, and I discovered a worn brown panty set under his bed. He was getting more and more careless. I wondered if he was leaving me a trail of breadcrumbs. 
I put on my detective hat and was able to find three different stashes of women's clothing. All of it was Dave's size, and I happen to admit, he had excellent taste. Now, normally I clean when Dave is at work, but on this particular Friday, I rearranged my schedule so he would be the last stop of the day. After doing my usual amazing cleaning job on his place, I took out all of the stashes of women's clothing I'd found, and I laid them out on his bed. He had about twice as many dresses as I owned. I know I said I don't wear uniforms, but I have a black latex catsuit that seemed perfect for an occasion like this. I pair them with a pair of leather boots with a four-inch heel that went just past my knee. If I was right, and Dave either was consciously or subconsciously hoping I'd discover a secret, he'd be cooperative and ecstatic. If I was wrong, and he wished to remain in the closet, I had other means. And I wasn't above blackmail. I sat in his white leather couch, twirling a pair of handcuffs around my right index finger. A riding crop rested on my lap. When he arrived home and opened the door, he could only see the back of my head, staring out his window and enjoying his panoramic view of the city below. Oh, hi. I didn't expect to see you here, he said cheerfully. I rose from the couch in the most regal manner I could. I could hear him gasp as he saw me in a way he never did before. I pointed my crop in his direction and said sharply, Strip, Tiffany. We're going back to the casino, said Ingrid. Are the zip ties going to be necessary this time? No, said Jason. I'm not going to run away. Good girl, said Ingrid. Let's go. On the ride back to the club, Jason sat next to Faith with Ingrid and Hope in the front seat. Jason kept trying to get a view of his reflection, still disbelieving how feminine he looked. It was early afternoon by the time they got back, and the casino was quiet. Ingrid told Faith and Hope she wouldn't need them, and led Jason into her office. "'Can I take off the shoes, at least? My feet are killing me,' complained Jason. "'Hmm, if they're starting to bother you, let me take a look.' said Ingrid, reaching into her desk drawer and pulling out something that Jason couldn't really see. Ingrid walked over and crouched down, pressing on the shoes and acting genuinely concerned. But when Jason looked down, he saw that she had attached two tiny silver heart-shaped locks through the buckles on the sandals, locking them in place. "'What the hell?' exclaimed Jason. "'This just makes sure that the shoes stay on,' said Ingrid." They'll get more comfortable when you get used to them. Look, I thought about it, and I might not be able to get all the money from my dad, but I bet I could get 50000 maybe even 100000 No, said Ingrid curtly. Wait, that seems really fair to me, considering I thought I was only gambling a few hundred dollars. No, first, I'm not taking a partial payment when I can get the full amount from you. Second, you've really gotten on my nerves. You're so used to your father's money bailing you out. Well, this time, you're cleaning up your own mess. I don't think so. It doesn't take a genius to know you didn't dress me up like this to deal blackjack. Of course not, said Ingrid. I would think the reason is pretty obvious. We turned you into a slut to take cock. 
"'Hell no, you're crazy,' said Jason, beginning to leave. "'You might want to listen to me explain why you're going to do this,' said Ingrid. "'You'll regret it if you don't.' "'You've got a minute,' said Jason. "'You honestly think you're going to give me a time limit? "'Do you even know who I am?' "'Her nostrils flared as she glared at Jason. "'I assume you're the person who runs this casino.' Hardly. My job title is Director of Outreach. I attract new gamblers like I did with you. Unfortunately, we both screwed up there. Okay, if you thought I was some kind of whale, I'd agree. The point is, very powerful and dangerous people own this casino. You owe them a lot more than your typical bad gambler. And they have all your information. They have guys who make faith and hope seem like a bridge club. I don't believe you, said Jason. You don't believe that powerful and dangerous men build casinos, or that these men hire people to hurt gamblers who don't pay off their debts? Oh, shit. Who are they? Jason grew pale at the thought. You better hope you don't find out, said Ingrid. Now... Let's teach you how to walk. For the next six hours, Ingrid and her riding crop put Jason through his paces. Sissy boot camp consisted of lessons in walking, talking, and mannerisms. Just when he thought it was done, she reached into a desk drawer and pulled out an 11-inch dildo. What's that for? asked Jason. I should think that would be obvious. I told you what I'm training you for, said Ingrid. This is ridiculous. I'm not doing this, said Jason, just before Ingrid's riding crop struck the back of his left thigh, just above his stockings. Ow, that fucking hurts, complained Jason. Ingrid had demonstrated a remarkable ability to hit even the smallest exposed skin with her crop. She was trying to walk a fine line between keeping him motivated and leaving exposed welts on his skin. On your knees, over by the wall, or the next one is going to hurt a lot more, threatened Ingrid. Jason shook his head, but then did as she commanded. He dropped his knees, and she attached the dildo to the wall with the suction cup attached to its base. Now suck him off. Let's see what I have to work with. And I'm going to warn you now, if you hesitate to obey an order, I will be using the crop. Fine, sighed Jason, closing his eyes and putting his mouth on the dildo. He began to suck it, doing his best to comply. The rubber sex toy felt way too real. There were even veins on it. You really are terrible at this. Okay, take your mouth off, and before you put your mouth on it, lick it this time. I want to hear your best girlish moan when you do it, too. Jason did as he was told, as she walked him through his first blowjob. She showed him how to lick the balls, run his tongue on the underside of the shaft, and the best ways to please a man. The longer it went on, the more Jason realized just what he would be doing. 
and he felt sick to his stomach. The humiliation he was feeling having Ingrid seeing him like this was intense. How do you like my office, Jason? asked Ingrid. It's nice, replied Jason. One thing I love about it is the security cameras. I'm sure they got some really juicy footage of you sucking on that rubber cock, smirked Ingrid. Don't show anybody, please, begged Jason. Then you had better do as I say, and not displease me. I'll have them bring you some food, though I don't recommend gorging yourself with that corset on. After that, rest up. You and I will be going out tonight around nine. I'm going to start you out slowly, but if you know what's good for you, you had better learn to do as you're told without question. Jason saw the man that Ingrid had pointed out approaching him. He was a lot like Jason had been before Ingrid changed everything. He remembered the tricks that she showed him to give him a more feminine sound to his voice, and hoped that the loud music would conceal any of the rough spots. He smiled as the man made eye contact with him. "'Hi, I'm Bill,' yelled the man over the din of the music. "'Hi, I'm Selina,' said Jason, using the name that Ingrid had given him. "'Are you here alone tonight?' he asked, looking over Jason appreciatively. Just my friend Ingrid and I. Hi, nodded Ingrid. Would you care to dance, Selina? asked Bill. Jason looked at Ingrid with pleading eyes, but she nodded in the direction of the dance floor, and her meaning was clear. Sure, replied Jason. Bill led Jason out to the dance floor for a couple of songs. Jason's feet were in excruciating pain from the heels, but he was honestly more concerned with dancing like a woman to worry about it. When Bill led him back over to where Ingrid was, Jason breathed a sigh of relief, but it was short-lived. I really enjoyed that, said Bill. Thank you, replied Jason. If you like her, would you also like her to give you a blowjob? asked Ingrid. Yeah, said Bill. What's going on, though? I guess you could call me her pimp. Give me fifty dollars, and she'll take you out behind the club and take care of you real good. Is this true? asked Bill. Jason just smiled and nodded. Okay, I haven't had a woman's lips on my cock in much too long. I'll do it. Bill pulled fifty dollars out of his wallet and handed it to Ingrid. She wasn't happy that he was doing this in plain view of everybody else in the club, but she took the money and led them out the back way, past a large man who was guarding the door. Ingrid had already paid him off, so she knew that Jason would not be disturbed throughout the evening. Jason knelt down on the paved alleyway, being careful to avoid ripping his stockings, and unzipped Bill's pants, releasing a sizable cock. It was at least seven inches long, and Jason wondered why a good-looking guy who appeared successful and had a large dick had to pay for sex. "'I hope you don't mind if I watch,' asked Ingrid. "'I actually think it's kind of hot,' Bill said. "'Good.' "'It'd be hotter if you participated,' Bill said. 
I'm sorry, she's the only whore here, said Ingrid, but she is very talented. Jason put himself into a certain mindset to get ready to suck his cock. It was almost a subspace, but a cock-sucking space. Ingrid told him it was the way to give the best blowjob possible. Trying to imagine what the view was like from where Bill was, and how every sensation would be felt by him, was the key to sucking cock mindfully, with Bill's enjoyment a priority. A mental hurdle loomed large in Jason's mind. He didn't want to be a cock-sucking whore. So he tried to lose himself, imagining that Bill's cock was his own, and imagining how he would want it to be satisfied in some slut's mouth. The sensations he'd want around his cock collar, down the shaft, the head of his cock completely covered with her warm, wet mouth, attention given to his balls, occupied his mind, and blocked out his own feelings of shame at what he had to do. Bill's cock stood at attention, already hard and twitching by the time Jason's head was anywhere near it. Just to make sure, Jason first gently brushed his fingertips up the shaft of his penis and watched it bounce excitedly, trying to lengthen the time it was in contact with his fingers. A little more teasing in this way, and the first drop of pre-cum was glistening at the top of his cock. Jason then brushed his thumb lightly over the surface of his shiny, exposed head, polishing his cock head with his own brand of lube. Ingrid realized that she had made a mistake in Jason's training. She had taught him how to give a blowjob like a courtesan, and not like the alleyway whore she needed her to be right now. If Jason took to this as well as she expected, there would be plenty of time to turn him into a high-class escort. You never suspected a thing, did you? You never wondered why a couple of the most popular girls on campus would like to have a loser like you at our party. I bet when I told you that you were a few hours early, but that you should stick around, you were in heaven. Finally, some alone time with that hot girl in class. <laughs> you were so easy, too. I sat on your lap. I could feel how excited you were getting. You didn't even notice my roommate sneaking up behind you. Until we had you tied nice and snug. Now, I'm going to have to remove the tape to do your makeup. Don't yell, or I'll get very angry. And you wouldn't like that now, would you? <laughs> you have to look your best for the party, you know. <laughs> A lot of girls from class are going to be there, and a few of them didn't think I could do this to you. Oh, <laughs> yes, we've noticed you. Well, maybe not in the way that you like. 
You're so small. Oh, small all over. <laughs> what are you? Five foot six. You're going to make such a pretty maid with your pretty long hair and your feminine features. You'll be a natural. But you don't want to be a maid? I don't think I asked. <laughs> Your lips, they're so kissable with that bright red lipstick. Maybe we can find some. <laughs> Other uses for them too. A good maid takes care of all her guest needs. Now, you're going to want to hold still while we put these fake eyelashes on you. I must say my roommate is doing a nice job with your hair. Hmm. Don't you look pretty? Now you need to go into the bathroom. You need to take a nice scented bath. Use the bubble bath on the tub and use the pink razor to remove all that disturbing body hair. Your little maid's outfit is laid out on my bed. The black dress with the too short skirt, the lacy panties, and the matching wonder bra. Oh, the boys will love that. <laughs> silky stockings and your shiny strappy heels with a three-inch spike. <sighs> we even got you the perfect little white maid's hat and apron. <laughs> now I'm going to untie you and you can either get in that bathtub and start getting ready for the party. Or you can try and be all manly and stand up to us. Tell us you won't do it. Tell us we can't make you. <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought, sissy. Have a good bath. You're going to be the bell of the ball. If you're wondering why I call this podcast a show, it's because I've done radio before and I've done television. And when I was doing television, I wound up um, doing some public access. While I was getting paid at another station, I was on the little local station doing public access. And so I'm used to saying things like, you know, I hope you enjoyed the show, and it's this is my first podcast, so this is taking me a while to get used to. So I hope you enjoyed the podcast this week. Um, next week, as I said before, we're going to have Shayla Aspasia on to do her reading of Reprogrammed, a story about a really obnoxious boss and three young interns working for him who are not happy with their situation and decide 
to take advantage of it on uh, when he's at a conference. So I, I think you'll enjoy that one. In the meantime, have a safe week. Stay healthy. Please don't go out without a mask. I don't get into politics here, but I know too many people who've lost loved ones and a lot this week. So please stay safe and be back next week for a new podcast. Bye-bye.